Welcome to Binge or Purge Streaming Reviews. I'm your host, Demo. My co-host is Joe Taylor. This is episode 59. I can't believe we've made it this long, man. <sighs> Literally cannot believe it. I, 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 we're, we're ending soon. <laughs> I'm Maybe. letting everyone know this is it. We're not even getting to 60. Two more years and that's going to be it. I have too much to review this week. So we got to do 60. Here, can I shake? I would try to shake that by the microphone, but I can't quite reach what, it. The, the D- Demo brought like 40 pages of notes today. Yeah, I have watched a lot. All right, now before we get into it, I got some news. Okay. Frustrating news. HBO. Oh, here we go. You know how much I love HBO, and lately they've been pooping the bed, right? <laughs> well, they've extra pooped it. I like how I censor myself so I don't say the S word. Uh-huh. We all know this. HBO Max, that's their new thing. And, of course, they had HBO Go and HBO Now and, I don't know, HBO whatever. So this is their third streaming service within about a year, right? A little more than that, right? HBO Go has been around a while. But HBO Go, as of July 31st, is no more. You have to get HBO Max. It's all going to be in one place, which is fine. I get it. Put it all in one place instead of all this all over this garbage, right? However, Roku and Amazon... Do not give you HBO Max and a massive amount of people watch on these devices. Okay, so you have to have a smart TV like a Samsung like I have or something like that. You can get the app through that. And if you have Apple TV, the app is going to be there too. I'm just saying they should have figured this all out long ago. But then I read today, oh, it's it's sort of like, you know, the cable. They put those warnings on. The bottom of your screen, Channel 4 CBS is going away on Dish Network unless they sign this new contract. It's the same crap now, except with the streamers and these devices. Okay. so It's all about money, is my point. Okay, so I wasn't planning on piling on to this, but now you've got me worked up. So I called uh, Spectrum when I got back from my trip, and uh, I was like, how come my bill went up to $185 a month for internet and television? And I said, is there a like a bundle or like something we can do? And they're like, no, 185 bucks. Oh, I know. It's, it's, oh my God, I hate cable. And that's the thing. Everyone's like, you know, I'm going to cut the cord. Yeah, you cut the cord and you're still dealing with this same bullshit. Didn't you just say you were censoring yourself from saying the S word? So it doesn't matter because it's like I said, it's all about money. AT&T, which owns HBO, really should have worked this out before they released it. And they go, well, they're playing hardball. And I'm like, I don't care. All I know is right now, I can't watch HBO on any of my devices because you guys can't figure it out. This is the same crap that Spectrum did with the Dodgers where it's like, hey, somebody buys it. And they're like, okay, now everyone's going to license it from us. And then no one does. It's like, oh, now you have to have Spectrum or you can't watch baseball. And who who suffers? We do, right? Yeah, I suffer. Yeah. Anyway, I don't want to talk about it anymore. I just think HBO is just massively disappointing right now. How am I supposed to watch John from Cincinnati on the airplane? That's all I'm saying. (laughs) That's a fantastic show. Okay, all right. I think that'll get you thrown off a plane. (laughs) That's worse than not wearing a mask. You're going to watch John from Cincinnati. Get him out of here. All right. All right. Let's actually review something. 
Okay, what do you got? I got tons. I want to do a quick recap of one of my all-time favorite shows that just concluded. If you're a regular listener, you know how much I love Dark on Netflix. That's their German sci-fi time travel extravaganza. Spoiler alert. No, it's not a spoiler alert. That's the whole thing. It's only a spoiler alert because you've never watched it. I've watched about two of them. It's fine. It's just not my thing. No, it's not your thing. Fine. It was my thing. I watched all of season three. I completed it. I did it. Eight episodes, just over an hour each. The conclusion of everything. Here's my big problem. There was such a gap. It was a full year between season two and season three. I couldn't keep track of stuff. Even with all the recaps available and you go online and they break it all down for you. Doesn't matter. I think to truly enjoy this show, the time is right now if you've never watched it. Because you can watch all three seasons at once and it'll all flow for you and you'll have a better idea of how things are. Because I'm not going to lie, I was kind of lost for a lot of it. My girlfriend and I, it took like, you know, each episode's an hour, but it was like three hours to watch each one. Because we have to keep pausing it, trying to put the puzzle pieces together. Okay, so this has come up before because we talked about this with Ozark. Which is when you take 19 months off in between seasons, that's going to be a problem. People are going to forget what happened, right? Yep. This is a prime example of watching it all in once. I think that's for your benefit. Now, I did finish it, like I said. Halfway through, I said, forget it. I'm just going to watch it to the end. I'm not going to try and like figure out this enigma. Is it over? Is it done it's now? It's done. Yeah, it's it. It's complete. It's The story is finished. And the very, very, very end, I found to be satisfying. The last five minutes, I was like, okay, this is a good way to end it. It was very truthful to itself. I will say, though, that the third season lacked the dynamic of the first two seasons because it was very character-driven. It was also like a soap opera, you know, the interwoven families and how they're connected. This season was more focused on the time travel and the worlds, and it got way more convoluted for its own good. So I can't say I wasn't a bit disappointed in it. I've talked to some people like, oh, no, man, I thought it was great, man. I'm sorry. It was a bit of a slog to get through. It just didn't have the oomph that I loved of the first two seasons. I'm still saying it's a binge, and I'm saying it's a binge to watch all three seasons at once. Hunker down and go for it, and I think you'll appreciate season three more when you can just connect it right off the second one. Okay, two things. Number yeah. one, you almost never like how things end. So I'm surprised to hear you say that you thought this was a satisfying It's not ending. a great ending. It's no six feet under, okay? But it is satisfying within itself. It's not a terrible ending. It doesn't stick the landing. It gets like the bronze. <laughs> it Carrie Struggs it? It Carrie Struggs it. Did you know I met Carrie Struggs? It's Strug, not Struggs. I had to spend an no, entire day. I didn't know that. We're going to hear about it right now. <laughs> okay. I had to spend an entire day with Carrie Struggs and her mother because she did a guest spot on Beverly Hills 90210. Oh. And then she had to come back and do ADR. So I had to be her liaison to take her to ADR and like take her around town. We're in a limo. It was fun. The best thing is we went to, uh, I forget, we went to the uh, West Side Pavilion, you know? Oh, yeah. And we're, and we're going around, and, like, everyone starts following her in the mall. <laughs> it was bizarre. But when we had to go shopping, the best thing is she had to shop in the little boys' section for clothes. Uh, 
Yeah, I feel like you bait me a lot. What, what, <laughs> you, what do you like? You, you want to go trying, off on you're this? You're just trying to get me to say something that I'm gonna, that it's gonna get me. I didn't know we were talking about Carrie someday. Strug. You mentioned her. Here's the great thing, though. I got to hold her gold medal. Oh, no kidding. That's kind of cool. Yeah, that is I've cool. held an Olympic gold medal. That's cool. Right. All right. There you go. Anyway, that's my Carrie Strug story. In summation, <laughs> Dark season three. I say binge it all. You might appreciate it more than having this big gap between the seasons. So, binge. Okay, so now you have something that everyone knows about. I'm signing off right now. I do not give two craps about this next thing that you're about to talk about. I'm sorry, I just don't. Maybe that makes me a bad person. It does make you a bad person. Okay. It truly does. All right, so go ahead. Take it away, DML. I'm going to go out and start smoking. It is Hamilton on Disney+. Plus. If you haven't seen it by now, you're, you're probably never going to watch it, right? That's right. Yeah. I know you're never <laughs> going to watch it. It's two hours and 40 minutes. It's a bit of a commitment. But oh my God, it's worth it. You finally get to see what it's all about. You've been hearing about this musical, you know, this Broadway smash from 2015. I mean, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Oh my God. You never stop hearing about him. So finally, all of us, us, you know, lowlifes that can't get to a Broadway show, you know, we can actually see what it's all about. And it's worth it. This is totally worth seeing. This is a fantastic production. I hate musicals. I've seen one Broadway show, and that was The Book of Mormon. Oh, yeah, that's probably pretty good. Huh? Which was good. Yeah. Because let's face it, it's by the South Park guys, right? right. And it, you know, it won like 35 Tonys or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, so did this. If I had the opportunity to see Hamilton, I would probably go see it. But this is finally, like I said, a chance for like the masses, the stinkards. To see what this is all about. I literally wish I would have gone outside right now. But Feel free to go. go, I'll, go just, I'll just yap into the mic. Go I don't need you. Go on. A couple friends have hit me up and it's like, just so you know, it's not as good as seeing it live. Duh. Really? <laughs> I got to watch it on, on, on a 47-inch TV and it's not as good as it seeing it live in person? It's probably better than seeing it live in person. Unless you're sitting in the first row. Oh no, you want to see a live production. I don't know, because I have... Okay, let me derail you for a second. Okay. I have the same thought about, like, NFL games and stuff, which is, like, you can go see the uh, Rams play the 49ers and pay $170 a ticket, but you're not going to see as much as you do sitting at home watching it on TV. It's a professional production. You're going to get a lot more out of the TV version, aren't you? For football, yes. I mean, you're not going to get interrupted by the wave, but you're not going to get interrupted by the wave on Broadway. I think right in the middle of Hamilton, where it's like, I'm going to take my shot. Everyone does the wave in the crowd. No, I don't know. I don't know, man. Look, here's the thing. This was supposed to get a theatrical release next year in October of 2021. But you know what happened, right? Yeah. So they're like, hey, let's just put it out there and everyone can see it. And I, I applaud it. It's great because I'll tell you something. I doubt I would see it in the theater. I'll tell you what, and I switch back and forth from being uh, funny to being serious, Mm -hmm. but here's a serious thing. I think it's really cool that they put that out because a lot of people are getting exposed to like American history and stuff and Broadway and things that you wouldn't otherwise normally see. Because like you said, people don't have $300 to go to a Broadway show and they're not going to New York. Uh, So it is cool that they put this out for the, the masses. I appreciate that. Thank you. I'll never watch this thing, though. But thank you for at least acknowledging that. Yeah, it looks super stupid. Oh, no, it's fantastic. It's emotional. 
powerful, engrossing, uplifting. And the whole time you're like, one guy wrote this? One dude. Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yes. Right? I call him Lin-Carmen Miranda because I'm weird. What? Lin-Carmen Miranda. Why? Carmen Miranda. Huh. You don't know who that is? No. Carmen Miranda was a singer, dancer, Broadway actress, and movie star who was nicknamed the Brazilian bombshell. She is most famous for wearing her signature fruit hat. Hamilton on Disney Plus. It's a binge. All right, you can come back now. <clears throat> Thank you. I just I've uh, been trying to start smoking. It's hard. Um, so <laughs> I came across something. You know, the whole reason that uh, that I think that we both like doing this whole project is we like telling people about stuff that they wouldn't have otherwise come across, right? Exactly, like Hamilton. No one had heard of that, so I'm glad I could impart. I think that you're joking, but whatever. So here, here <laughs> here's something that that no one would have ever heard of. Uh, unless we told him about it. It's this little short series. Now, this came from FXX, and now it's on Hulu. It's called Two Pink Doors. It's a series of four... I'm going to call it short films, although really it's more like sketch. And I don't know if this is a UCB troupe or not. Um, I got all their names here. We'll talk about it in a second. But this is like a short series that they used as interstitials on a show called Cake. Ever heard of it? I know no. nothing of this. Okay. Anyway, it's on Hulu. It's maybe the only thing since Dave. Remember that little Dickie show that I said was so great? Yeah. Hulu's obviously been like a barely bronze medal for us for a long time. This is one of the best things I've ever seen on Hulu. It's really, really good. Now, here's the premise of this thing. It's a lot like Room 104, <sighs> the Duplass thing. This is even more restricted, though, because it's one shot. Okay, I have a question. Okay, cool. I watched the first episode. Yeah. And I say episode lightly. It's five minutes. Right. Okay, they're all five minutes. Roughly, yeah. You're telling me it's just the locked down camera looking at two pink doors for every one of these? Yep. I'm not going to like go inside? Nope. I'm not going to like tilt the camera up or down, there's left a, or there's right? There's a push. There's a push in episode two. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, so they bought a dolly, did they, and moved in a little? <laughs> yeah, they dollied, wow. they dollied it good in episode two. But one of these people is somewhat familiar to me and might be familiar to you. Natalie Palomides. Oh, yes. Okay. We she's... went to school together. Serious? No, I don't know. Who? Oh, well, she's a comic. She's okay. around. Okay. She does stuff that we do. Okay. And there's like nine other people. This is written and directed mostly by a guy named Phil Burgers, which I'm almost certain that's not his real name. It can't be. No one, no one goes through life named Phil Burgers. <laughs> so he's like kind of the, the guy behind it. Uh, Bill O'Neill, Courtney Peruso, Juzo Yoshida. It's like perfectly diverse group of people. I mean, it's totally like a UCB uh, troupe. I don't think that's where they came from, but that's kind of what it feels like. And I'll tell you what, man, in five minutes, will you watch the first one? Yeah. There's a lot of stuff happening in five minutes. There's a lot of stuff happening. A lot of it I found to be uh, borderline tasteless. Oh, yeah, for sure. It pushes stuff beyond what it should. It's so, like, it's hard to describe because you can't even really, like, I, I, wanted, I wanted to give a summary of the first episode, but. I don't think I could. It would, and I it watched would ruin it. it. Yeah. Anyway, look, here's the thing I will say about this show. Okay. I only watched the first one. I could probably watch the rest in less than half an hour. Zero commitment, right? Well, there's only four of them on Hulu. It's right 20 now. minutes. Right. 
There are five episodes that average four minutes each. I'll tell you what, man, if you want something different, this is well worth your 20 minutes. I watched all of that freaking uh, talking to the monkey thing, right? <laughs> right, and that, that was like 19 minutes. I forget how long that was. And I mean, that uh, was an I atrocity. Thought was, I thought it was a week and a half. This thing, okay, this is called Two Pink Doors. It came from FXX. It's an interstitial from Cake. It's now on Hulu. I think it's a binge, man. All right. Now, the last thing, we both have talked about this. Now, you haven't watched this yet, right? Yeah, I have. Oh, okay. I didn't know you watched it. I said, did you watch this? Because I watched it. Okay. Do you listen to me? No. You really don't. Okay. I mean, I literally said, did you watch this? And you're like, yes. And I said, good. I did too. That's the part I didn't, I wasn't paying attention to. So anyway, so this is an Apple TV Plus movie original. One of very few. Not exactly. Okay. What do you mean? Apple just bought it. This thing was supposed to come out in March. Then it got moved to May. Then it got moved to June. And then finally Apple said, we'll just pick it up. They paid $70 million for it to buy it from Sony Columbia. Okay. So it was originally going to be a theatrical release only. Apple had no money behind it till they bought it. Yeah, you're right. So this is part of the whole COVID thing, which is like no movies come out in theaters anymore because they're all closed. Right. So this came out straight to Apple. Yep. Now, who wrote this? Do you remember? I do know who wrote it because I took my notes. See my notes, Joe, for the show that I watched? Demo and I are shaking our notes at each other. This is a Tom Hanks written screenplay. Yes, it's Greyhound, for the love of God. Oh, sorry. I was trying to build suspense. Well, there's no suspense. So this is a movie based on a book by C.S. Forrester. Yes, from 1955 called The Good Shepherd. Thank you. You're welcome. It's like we try to out-prepare each other sometimes. Like the one out of the four things. I I was going to say, like, since when do we prepare? No. Every once in a while we do, and then it's just a a contest. Um, (laughs) This is based on an old book, yeah, from 55, and now here it is. And I'll tell you what, man, I've said this before, other than... Uh, the morning show, Apple TV has more money than taste. I thought this was just, I thought it was terrible. I'm sorry. I knew you were going to think it was awful. Okay. I knew it. Why? I just know because I was like, <laughs> here's it. you understand. I watched it twice. I watched it wow. once. And then the second time with the captions on, because I think you need the captions on because there's so much dialogue going on that so fast you're like, I can't keep up. Now, I understand what you're saying, that you didn't like it, because I found this movie to be pedestrian. I found it to be a great premise, but it lacks oomph. I will give it credit. It's short. It's an hour and 31 minutes. It flies by, but I I don't think it had enough drama in it. And I, I have to say this. My girlfriend has watched it four times now. She thinks it should win Best Picture. She thinks it's absolutely brilliant. Wow. I know. And I found it to be fine. I found it to be serviceable. But it, it never it never touched me emotionally. It's almost too simply done. You know? I don't know what to even respond to. That's a lot to unpack. It is. It is. Here's what bothered me about it. Number one, the movie take... Okay, first of all, it's 91 minutes, which I've always said is a bad sign. I said it's a good sign. I'm saying too many movies are too long. This That's one, true. This one is just like, hey, we're going to do it in an, in an hour and a half. 
fantastic. The entire movie takes place within a 10-foot radius. True. It's on a ship and just at one part of the ship. And they probably spent $200 million making a movie that takes place in uh, on the bridge of a ship. Its budget was only $50.3 million. The CGI, when they go outside, was so cartoonish. I was like, I've been in the ocean before. It doesn't look like that. That's stupid. Who's watching this that's never been you know, on a boat before? That's not what the ocean looks like. He was just staring at me, just blinking. I I, I don't know what to say. You're right and you're wrong. I I mean, the CGI is not great, okay? And what's crazy is I'm like, would I be happy if I saw this in a theater? And I feel like I would have been like, a matinee, maybe. Those even really exist anymore. If I went to like the $3 theater, I'd be like, I got my money's worth. But if I went on like a Friday or Saturday night and I spent like 20 plus dollars on this, I think I would be disappointed. My girlfriend wouldn't. I wish my girlfriend was here right now because she would eviscerate you. She, like I said, she thinks it's the greatest thing since canned ham. <laughs> but I had, I'm like, I thought it was fine. I don't even know what that means. I liked that it was very contained and it told one tight story. I mean, there's no, there's no flab on this. There's no real storyline other than we got to get our boats across the Atlantic and not get yeah. taken out by Nazi submarines. That's a, the movie. A, a, a German U-boat, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, okay, I, I understand what you're saying. I mean, I applaud it for being like, you know, it's sticking to its guns. It's like, this is what we're the story we're going to tell. We're not going to deviate. We're not going to... There's no side characters. I mean, it is Tom Hanks and a little bit of his XO, and then a bunch of, you know, soldiers running around spouting off like, you know, right 30 degrees. Correct me if I'm wrong. Was Donnie Wahlberg not in this movie? Donnie Wahlberg is not in this movie. Why did you think he was? You know who you think confusing him with? Stephen Graham, who looks like Donnie Wahlberg, but isn't. Are you telling me that if you, if Stephen Graham and Donnie Wahlberg stood next to each other, you could tell the difference? I could. And Stephen Graham plays like, you know, always these characters like, you know, Americans, like from Brooklyn or whatever. He plays like New Yorkers. The guy's English. Really? He's a great actor. You know him. He's in every HBO thing. He played Al Capone on, uh, oh my God. What was the one with Steve Buscemi on HBO? Boardwalk Empire. Boardwalk Empire. Right. He was in that. You know if you see him, but yeah, he does look like Donnie Wahlberg. Can I tell you the one time I've ever been mistaken for a celebrity was on the Warner Brothers lot. Someone thought I was Donnie Wahlberg. Really? (laughs) Where'd it go? Swear to God. Were they blind? No, I was I was in a lot better shape, but, you know, so was he. So anyway, all right. Um, Elizabeth Shue's in this, by the way, and she's fantastic. Uh, Leaving Las Vegas, I think, is one of the greatest movies ever. We really liked her in The Boys last year. Yeah. She's great in everything. But she's not in this. You say she's in it, but is she really? Yeah. She, she's in it for three minutes. I guess. She's going to get that Margot Martindale nod for the Oscar for right. <laughs> supporting actor that shows up for five she seconds. has she she had one day of work you know they shot that scene in like three hours and you're like you're done well like i'm saying good for th- her th- this I mean, movie is say? so i guess it's one note in a way it's just yes. really about tom hanks trying to get his boat across the ocean and protecting the convoy and that's it i thought it was a okay war movie but if you're thinking it's going to be hunt for red october or crimson tide it isn't. Or the biggest storm or whatever. Any, the any perfect storm. Perfect storm. This is the worst depiction of like 
a boat in the ocean I've ever seen because it was so cartoonish. It basically went to black and white when they went outside, which I didn't like. Dean right. was shaking well, his head. And Rotten Tomatoes, the threw. critics give it an 80 and audiences give it a 79. It's very divisive. People think it's absolute crap or they think it's really good. No one's in the middle. I'm sort of in the middle. I'm the middle guy I'm here. in the middle. Actually, you know you're what? You're not in the middle. You yes, just said it was absolute garbage. You hate this movie. You are not in the middle. Yeah, kind of in the Go middle. Go back and listen to the last 10 minutes of this. This no, is, God, that is no. not someone who's in the middle. Please don't make me. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to listen to any of it. But no, I actually am in the middle because the stuff that was good was good, but there was some stuff that took me out of it. That's all I'm saying. It's a Tom Hanks movie. It's not going to be a piece of crap. It's going to be fine. It's a Playtone uh, production. You wanted more. I guess I didn't know what I was going into. I didn't think it was going to be a big CGI thing. And especially after watching all that like making of the Mandalorian stuff and how much attention some people pay to uh, practical effects and like things that make you not get kicked out of the whole experience, this was cheap to me. It was a $200 million cheap movie. That's what I thought. Okay. Tom Hanks is great as always. Tom I don't Hanks know. What is you, great as what always. What do you say? What do you say? No, no, no. I'm going to let you have it. Okay? I'm sorry, Tom Hanks. I love you. I love that thing you do. I love everything he's ever done. This is a purge for me. All right. Go for it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's tough, man. That is tough. It's hard to tell America's dad that you didn't like his last movie. It is. But I kind of enjoyed it. I didn't love it. Like I said... I know people that think it's the greatest thing ever and people that think it's, ugh, I'm yeah. in the middle. Yeah. I'm, I'm letting you have it. I'm giving you I'm giving you the purge. You have 25 pages of notes. What are we going to do next week? Next week, we got more movies to review. I know we do shows as well, but right now it's like I'm getting inundated with movies to watch. Next week, we got that Charlize Theron movie called The Old Guard. Yeah. And then we have a small indie that I just watched that you had told me you'd watched as well called The Vast of Night. That's on Amazon. I watched so, that almost a year ago. How did you? It just was released like a month ago. Because I got the screener from Film Independent. Oh. All yeah. right. We'll save that for next time. Yeah. There's lots of stuff to review. Thank God. We're not going anywhere. I know we joked earlier. This is our last one. Obviously not. Full speed ahead, folks. Yeah. Where can they find us, Joe? Instagram, at Binge or Purge Podcast. Twitter, at Binge or Purge. Email us, bingerpurgepodcast at gmail.com. Tell us what you think we should be reviewing or not reviewing. Uh, please reach out. We love to hear from people, and we usually uh, you know, listen to you and watch the stuff that you recommend. So please, Yeah, we doing. are. We are definitely up for recommendations. We, we don't get enough. So just hit us up on Twitter. Does anyone follow us on Twitter? No. Do it. Yeah. As always, we want to thank Just the Facts. You can follow Just the Facts on Instagram at the Jesse Greer. That's Jesse with a Y. So for Joe Taylor, my name is Demo. This has been Binge or Purge Streaming Reviews. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.